You're listening to the Godfather and Gorney Podcast on Rivals.com with your hosts, the Godfather of Recruiting, Mike Farrell, and National Recruiting Analyst, Adam Gorney. That's right. Welcome back to another edition of the Godfather and Gorney Podcast. My name is David Barry, and I am joined by the stars of the show, Mike Farrell and Adam Gorney. We're going to talk NFL draft. We're going to talk recruiting for the 2021 class. But first, you guys wanted to talk about the new coaching hires in college football and what sort of impact is that, that'll have. So, Mike, I'll start with you. Yeah, just a few of them. There's been a trend. Um, by the way, I got, I got my mayonnaise in my hair, Gorney. We'll talk about that. Um, nice <laughs> at the end it really best does foods? is it, it best foods or hillman's <laughs> miracle whip miracle oh. yeah, you, went the, oh. you went miracle whip yeah i, I yeah. went dijonais today yeah no it really does help your hair and we'll talk about that <laughs> yeah. down the line but uh you know Ke- kevin falk was named you know the running backs coach promoted from within for lsu demarco murray you know uh, i think it was about a month ago named the running backs coach for oklahoma it's kind of an interesting trend where you see these guys who have long NFL careers go back to their alma mater, you know, become position coaches. I think this, you know, is going to happen more and more. Um, you know, I don't know if Luke Keekley will go back to Boston College and be the linebackers coach. That'd be pretty awesome someday if he did that. But, you know, or if Greg Olson's going to go coach tight ends eventually at, at Miami. But, you know, it's good to see these guys come back because they've got the NFL experience. They can relate to the kids you know, because they were in college recently enough to go through the recruiting process. I mean, DeMarco Murray's recruiting process was ridiculous. Falk was a little bit before things got crazy. But, you know, when you talk about some of these hires, I think these are guys that may be unproven recruiting-wise. You know, we don't know how DeMarco Murray is going to recruit. But, man, the credibility they bring um, – is sort of changing a little bit of the landscape of college football. You know, Chris Hawkins at Arizona State, he wasn't a superstar at USC, but he was a four-star, borderline five-star recruit, went through the process. And I think you start to see more of these guys enter college football, and I think it's a good thing. By the way, did you say alma mater? Alma mater. (laughs) Alma Alma mater. There you go. Yeah, I think it's a big thing, too. And it's going to help recruiting. There's no doubt about it. And here's why. Because Kevin Falk can literally sit in someone's living room and explain the recruiting process to them, unlike any other coach can do, how it affected him at LSU, what he did at LSU, and then into the NFL. That's going to be huge. It's not just kind of lip service that coaches always give kids. It's, you know, tried and true. And that's why, you know, and a completely different topic. That's why having NFL guys on the NFL network for the draft or pregame is, is much more interesting is because those p- people played in those games and have real world experience in this. And that, especially in recruiting, is going to be huge for parents. DeMarco Murray was a big time name at Oklahoma. Now my kid could play for DeMarco Murray there. It's definitely a big, big thing. And you could see it even, you know, you said Chris Hawkins and DeMarco Murray, but even a guy like Dante Williams, who's from Los Angeles, goes to Oregon, recruited incredibly well up there, comes back to USC. And now I go to seven on sevens and everyone is talking about going to play for him at USC. So if you have guys who are relatable, guys who tend to be young, uh, guys who really do want to recruit and don't just want to coach, I think that's huge for recruiting and it really helps out in a big way. I think these guys are going to land some big time recruits. But then let's talk about the old school guys because they still get the job done. Tim Brewster 
is a tremendous pickup for Florida from North Carolina. Now, North Carolina fans say, oh, we didn't need him, which is wrong. Right. I mean, he was a big reason why they recruited so well uh, with Mac Brown. And, you know, his, his ties to Mac go way back. I mean, he's the guy who recruited Vince Young and back 100 years ago. And he's been around forever. And he's got the experience. And, you know, you're starting to see some of these guys be head coaches. You know, James Franklin was a tremendous recruiter. Um, Mike Loxley, tremendous recruiter. I, I think recruiting Ryan Day, recruiting has become very important when it comes to, you know, coordinators. Kerry Coombs is back at Ohio State. That's a great hire. Jeff Halfley was yeah. awesome. You know, yeah. he took a head coaching job at BC. Uh, let's replace him with Kerry Coombs, who was one of our top recruiters, top 25 recruiters. And I think he was our recruiter of the year one year. Um, yeah. You know, these guys can get it done as well. So it's an interesting mix. Um, you know, and again, DeMarco Murray eventually will take that path where, you know, he'll become an assistant head coach and an offensive coordinator and then maybe a head coach himself. You know, as we see with their the enemy being the offensive coordinator at, uh, you know, Kansas City Chiefs and, you know, probably could have had the Colorado job if he wanted it. But it's a good mix. You know, so when I looked at, you know, the, the recent assistant coaching hires that stood out to me, Brewster at Florida was number one. Coombs at Ohio State was number two. Mike Bobo at South Carolina. Head coaching experience, yep. recruited well at Georgia. Uh, Azar Abdul Rahim at Boston College, and people are like, oh, what, what, what's, what's he doing there? He locks down Maryland and D.C., and you're going to start to see a bunch of kids from Maryland and D.C. either transferring. And, and these hires, let's make this clear, are as important for the transfer portal as they are for recruiting because yep. that's going to start evening out. So. You know, David Johnson, Florida State, DeMarco Murray, Chris Hawkins, we already mentioned, Barry Odom, Arkansas, Jay Graham at Tennessee, and Matt Luke at Georgia. So, but a lot, a lot of coaching changes, assistant coaching changes, um, you know, and I think it, it makes college football recruiting that much more interesting because every year you seem to have more assistant coaching changes, uh, not just with, you know, um, with the college coaching changes. I mean, Brewster left Mac Brown, who was there. Or Dan Mullen, who was there. It's not like, you know, somebody got fired or somebody got promoted or whatever. Um, you know, these guys are choosing to leave on their own to different programs. I could see already, though, the negative recruiting against Tim Brewster. And not that negative recruiting ever goes on, Mike. It, it doesn't happen. But no. uh, Tim Brewster, since 2012, has been at five different schools, three of them for one year. There's been a little bit of hopping around there. He's got to settle in and take a job. If he can do that, he could recruit even better because people are convinced that he'll be there for three or four years. But there are a lot of big coaches around the country. I think that... Yeah, <laughs> I, I get it. Negative recruiting is part of it, but kids will believe what they want to believe. Oh, that's you know, true, if too. If I'm Tim Brewster, I'll say, oh, I found my home. Right. It's the right. happiest I've ever been in my entire life. Go Gators. I'm going to be here for the next 10 years. Right. And they're going to uh, buy that. I think the Arkansas staff is very, very interesting and impressive. Um, I think the Florida State staff is impressive. I think USC did a great job sort of bringing in Todd Orlando, who I still think is a very good coach. Um, well, that's your UConn, UConn bias. It is. It is my UConn bias. He was very good there. And bringing in uh, and bringing in and keeping Graham Harrell from going to other jobs, which he had interviewed for some NFL coordinator jobs even with Clay Helton on, on the thing there. Texas is an interesting one. Chris Ash 
It was a complete disaster as a head coach. I think he would probably even admit that. Wasn't given a ton of time, well, uh, but th- things were so bad there. Who's so, so bad. Who's going to not be a disaster? I mean, right. Shiano well, was as, as good a hire as they could possibly make bringing him back. Yeah, And, and that's he's true. not going to rekindle the magic of the Big East. It's not going to happen. No. Because they're not in the Big no. East anymore. And, right. you know, remember, when he was making magic in the Big East, I believe Miami and Virginia Tech had already left. So I'm not saying he's going to bring back the magic. So it wasn't but really they were big, getting, big East. It was like a little. Um, <laughs> they, they, they were getting blown but, out. But Ash is not an exciting hire. I get what you're saying. You know, it's like, okay, what's your resume? Yeah. Well, I was 3 and 80 at Rutgers. <laughs> I mean, that's tough. That's a tough sell. Yeah. Um, you know, but you but you also liked, you don't like to see a guy ruined for that as well. I mean, he's a good coach. He had a lot of right. success at Ohio State. He could say, well, look at me as a coordinator. I was, you know. 60 and two. Right. <laughs> you know, but of course that was under Urban Meyer, but, Urban but Meyer, yeah, yeah, I think the thing that's going to be interesting though, is like the staffs like Missouri. Yeah. You don't really know a lot about these guys. How can they recruit? And I think we're going to see some guys emerge as, you know, really, really excellent recruiters at those staffs. Like we know what Arkansas is getting for the most part with some of their hires. We really don't know a lot. But it's interesting too. It's interesting too because Sam Pittman is an offensive line coach as a head coach now. Usually, those guys like to run the ball, pro style, Steve Adazio types. He was like that at he was like that at Georgia, but brings in Kendall Bryles to run the offense. So, whether he's going to give the keys to the car or he's going to kind of pull a Jim Harbaugh and say he's going to, but then doesn't, um, you know, that's going to be interesting. Missouri's going to be interesting. One year head coach. Very successful guy, good offensive mind, but now he's playing SEC ball. So yeah. we'll see how that that all works out. It's, it's uh, there has been a lot of movement among assistant coaches that is very interesting, and I think it's going to be even more interesting moving forward as these guys kind of try to leapfrog into head coaching jobs somewhere. And then there's Lane Kiffin, who don't give a damn. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to hire DJ Durkin. I don't care. Right. You got right. a problem with it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And then there's Leach, who's just. Uh, I think it's sort of an evil genius. You know, so, so we're going to see how he recruits in, in, in the SEC. So there's going to be a whole lot of interesting storylines. You know, recruiting can be boring at times because, oh, gee, this kid went to Alabama, this kid went to Clemson, this kid went to Ohio State. You know, all the, all the five-star kids are gravitating towards the same programs. But it's the threes and the fours, you know, the Johnnies and Joes, that are going to really make – I think that second tier of college football. Um, so let let me ask you this: Who wins Mississippi over the next five years? Is it Ole Miss or is it Mississippi State? Jeez. Uh, Are people going to be intrigued by going to play for I, Lane Kiffin? Well, or, or on top down, of that, super Lane Kiffin and Mike this, Leach. I like Lane Kiffin. He's fun and he's funny. I like Mike Leach. He's fun and he's funny. Mike Leach is a better coach. Okay. Yeah. He's got the resume. He won at Texas Tech. He won at Washington State. You want to yeah. pick out two schools and say, "Hey, Mike Farrell, and give you two schools <laughs> yeah. where you're never going to be successful at." Right. They're on that short list. You know, you'd probably throw Oregon State in there and a couple others. You know, Rutgers. But, <laughs> um, man, Kiffin's going to recruit well, and he's going to bring a lot of buzz to there, and. He is a good offensive mind. So I'm going to say Ole Miss because I think they have advantages. I mean, obviously, Oxford, this is no offense to those who live in Starkville, but Oxford's a little bit more attractive than Starkville. 
uh, right. as, a, as a destination when you're talking about recruiting. Uh, Ole Miss generally recruits a little bit better than Mississippi State. doesn't matter who the coach is. Um, you know, and Leach is a weird guy. You know, I mean, I don't know. He might take some two-star quarterback that no one's ever heard of, turn him into a great player, but you, you can't do that every time. So here's the other question, Mike, about Leach. Much like Chip Kelly or whoever else in the NFL, does his system work in the Big 12 and the Pac-12, but when you get to the SEC, try to spread them out and be faster than everybody? Does that work? I don't know. I mean, Chip Kelly obviously tried to bring that to the NFL. It didn't work. And he's right. driving UCLA straight into the Bay. I mean, they <laughs> recruiting-wise, just not good at all. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know. You know, they said they're – and again, I'm not comparing Mike Leach to Mississippi State to Urban Meyer at Florida, but Urban Meyer when he was at Utah, they said there's no way your offense is going to work in the SEC. There's no way. Right, right. You know, Leach has been successful in two wide-open conferences, but I think the SEC is starting to become a little bit more wide-open conference. I mean, the, sure. the, the number of elite defenses in the SEC is down from what it was five years ago. Yeah. Um, you've still got your good defenses, obviously, at Georgia and Alabama and LSU. Um, but some of the other programs have fallen off a little bit defensively. So yep. will he be successful? No. I mean, let's, be, let's just be honest. He's not going to be successful. And Dan Mullen is, took him to number Kiffin. one. Kiffin's not going to be successful either. You know, I, <laughs> this is just one of these truth darts. I'm hitting people in the neck with truth darts. Um it's life. I mean, they're in the SEC West. Yeah, that's tough. When is Alabama going to suck? When is LSU going to suck? Uh, when is uh, Auburn, Auburn. going to suck? Texas A&M, yeah. You know, when, when is Texas – I mean, Texas A&M has been always mediocre, but you know they're going to get better with Jimbo. Sure. Um, they better because they give me – You think, a yeah. million trillion dollars. But the SEC West is not fun, you know. And I know, yes, at one point – with Dak Prescott at Mississippi State under Dan Mullen and and Ole Miss, you know, under Hugh Freeze, what were they, one and two in the country at one point? Or both of yeah. them were top two in the country? Yeah. I, 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 I'm for, for sure week. Mississippi State was one, yeah. It, it yeah. was for a week. Yeah. It didn't no, last. Yeah. You know, I'm so, not saying national championships, but can, can Leach consistently win eight, nine games in no. Starkville? Can, no, Kip, can Kiffin? There are not eight or nine wins in the SEC West because you know what? You got to cr- play crossover. You yeah. better schedule cupcakes. You better not have one good out of conference game. Uh, right, right. You better schedule four wins on that schedule or, or whatever it is, three wins on that schedule minimum because you're going to cross, you know, and, and you're going to have to play Georgia and you're going to yeah. play Florida, you know, not every year, but you're going to have to. So, no, those wins aren't there. Now, you know, this is me talking about college football never changing, and Alabama is going to be a juggernaut for 20 years straight still. And Nick Saban's going to be 95 years old, you know, with a walker doing a, you know, a Joe Paterno at Penn State. Things change. You know, if you told me 10 years ago Dabo Swinney would be winning national championships like crazy, I would have laughed at you. So I don't know, but I just don't see it happening. So mm-hmm. let's get off coaches. These coaches are they're a sour bunch. They're not happy like me. Do you see how happy I am? Yeah, it's a weird profession. Uh, when I worked at Newsday, the one of the editors there told me the coaches are the craziest people in the world because when they win, they're not happy. 
And when they lose, they're even more miserable. They're never happy. And I don't understand why. It's weird. Yeah. It's a strange world. I posted how happy I was yesterday. I can't live in that misery. I have to live in the positive. I'm trying to lift you guys up. Like, you know, you and Dave Barry. Because I, I, I sensed a little bit of miserableness from the mm-hmm. two of you. So I was trying to lift you I'm not up. sure that's a word. Miserableness? Yeah, I make up words. But that doesn't. Yesterday I felt you were a little down, so I felt I needed to post something, you know, out there to let you guys know. But listen, everything's yeah. gonna be all right. We're, we're happy. Coaches are miserable people, though. It's funny. You cannot say one thing about a coach without ever getting upset about it. It's just, no, no, no. Even no, a compliment, they just you know, very thin skin. What do you mean, bunch. a great recruiter? Not a great coach. Like, oh, yeah. okay, whatever. Just yeah. <laughs> All right, we're not going to have time to delve into the 2021 class. I just want to do some quick highlights here because we got to talk draft too. So let's talk 2021 sure. real quick. Okay. And I'm going to throw these out at you, and I'm going to make you give predictions because this is fun. Amarius Mims. Georgia. You're going to say Georgia. I'm going to predict what you're going to say for all these guys. Ready? He's going Georgia. Caleb Williams, you're going to say Oklahoma. See, I'm kind of torn. I think LSU might be the team, but well, LSU Clemson, or Oklahoma. Clemson's rising there. Yeah, and I but know, he sees you know, DJ says, in front DJ, of him. I don't, he don't care. None of them care. Justin Fields he's, he's didn't care that Jake Fromm was there. And, and is Justin Fields at Georgia? No, he's, he went in the magic portal, and he's in a, in a better place because he's <laughs> yeah. in the playoff, and he could win a national championship. I mean, yeah, you know, but he, they, these kids don't care. You know, Jake I'm Fromm the, didn't care say, that Jacob Eason was there, and Jacob Eason went in the portal. So with with Joe Brady not at LSU, I'm going to say Oklahoma, but Clemson maybe. I still say Oklahoma. Oklahoma is the place to go. Tua Mulau. Did I say that right? What? I, I just think he's going to stay at Washington. To a Malawi, you don't think Ohio State's going to get him? I think Ohio State's going to get him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I see what you're saying. He's, you know, Northwest Corner kid. Probably going to stay home. Uh, Oregon. Close, Oregon. Close to family. What about Oregon? Oregon would be good. This kid is, I'm telling you, he is almost just like Eric Armstead. That athleticism, even maybe more athletic as a tight end. Great tight end. I mean, you watch him in 7-on-7 seven seven, play tight end. He's awesome. Is he as He's soft very as Eric Armstead was? There's a little bit of questions He's with that. Uh, yeah. How tough, like right. how much of a bull he is on the now, defensive line. Let's look at Eric Armstead, who went on to a career and is now in the NFL for a team that went to the Super Bowl. Right. So, Starting. You know, and and uh, two guys with mayonnaise in their hair are saying how tough, <laughs> or not tough, Eric Armstead was, who could absolutely kick our ass in like less than 30 seconds. Eric, well, speak for yourself. But he was a little soft, you know, in high school. Soft in high school, never showed up to a lot of events when he was there, didn't really do much, didn't really seem to care about it, was the number 17 pick, had a great career at Oregon, is having a very solid career in the NFL, starting for the Super Bowl runners-up. I'm not going to complain about him. If I'm making that comparison for Tua Malau, even though he's slightly shorter, then that's a pretty good compliment. Well, and I'm gonna I'm gonna quote myself. And we we had Eric Armstead ranked very very high. Let's let's be accurate, you know. Yeah. Anytime there was discussion of Eric Armstead, who looked like a five star, if you're talking about a kid who gets off the bus, who looked like a oh, five star, was Eric Armstead. Yes. Yeah, it was. Too tall. He's too tall, Warney. He's too tall. He can't play D tackle. Too tall. <laughs> too tall. <laughs> Just like Gronk. Gronk too big. Too big. Too big. Too. Gonna be an offensive tackle. Too big. Darnell Darnell Washington, too big. Too big. Oh, 
Well, he's he's not Gronk. So confused <laughs> here. They're not going to have a similar uh, trajectory. Oak event is Gronk, and we'll segue into the draft in a second here after I get done with a few of these guys. But another one, you know, and this was very low key, and this was before your time. But Russell Wilson, too small, too small, too small. Gotta, yeah, gotta move to wide receiver. Yeah, the the too small argument is has I I wanted to officially put to bed ever in rankings meetings. Mm. Doesn't matter anymore. Does not matter. Friedman's two, calling two, me while I'm on a podcast. What do you think he wants? Two measured in at six foot even, and leading up to the combine, no one even cared. I'm gonna tell you what Friedman wants. Ready? Oh my god. He's driving and he's bored. <sighs> Don't you hate that when people call you and they're driving their board? Yes. Like I call you a lot for no reason, just to vent or to tell you stupid stuff. But I always I'm, look forward to those calls. But I'm usually not driving. I'm usually <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm laying in bed, <laughs> right, <laughs> getting ready for my shows, <laughs> which aren't on five or six hours. And here's the typical, predictable chant I didn't pick up. So what do I get? What do I Text. get? Yeah, Text, just like call just, me. just like you. No, you do that all the time. You call. Look, I'm never bored. I'm too busy. I let I you call. go to voicemail and then you text. See, that's Always. rude. I'm calling for a purpose. Mm-hmm. I have to ask you one quick thing and then get yeah. get off the phone. No, yeah, I hear it. Except for Sundays. Sundays were horrible. Now they yeah, take Sundays. Tuesday on, but Sundays sucked. When you called and Sunday, I just. It's called, I don't know if I can say this word. Well, it's a female dog. It's called bitch buttoning. Have you ever heard of it? Mm, yes. Yes, I have. Yeah, that's where you just do not even let it get to voicemail. Like the first ring, you just boop, boop. And I really appreciate that because I am I have so much free time in my day. That, but then uh, I look you would text to me immediately with take two with explanation. <laughs> like I'm supposed to get excited about that text. Like, oh my God, I better call him back. This is going to be great. So Friedman says, when you have a second, could you give me a call? Thanks. He's on the, uh, he's, he's in the, he's in the car. Yeah. No, I'm not calling. I love him to death, but no. I don't, don't call. That. Don't I call. I don't have that in my day to day. No. Um, Mason Smith, Mason you're going to say Louisiana. I mean, not LSU. You're going to say LSU, right? I think Alabama's going to give a run at him, but I yep. think he goes to LSU. Yeah, I think they are too. Kamaru Eaton. Now this one's interesting. Yeah, it is. Could go many different ways. Let's check the future cast. Hold on. It's a tie between Bama and Texas. See, I don't think he goes to Texas. Neither do I. Texas Texas is not recruiting at an elite level in state right now. I, you know where I think he goes? LSU. Nope. A&M. Nope. Oklahoma. Oklahoma, very interesting pick. Yeah. Just a gut feeling. Don't, don't get... Very excited about it sooner, fans, because there's absolutely zero scoop or basis of fact for that. It's just a, well. Did you like, talk? Did you uh, talk to him at Future Fifty about it? Yeah, he says two words. Yeah, leave yeah. Me, no, three words. Leave me alone. No, yeah. he's a, he's yeah. a nice kid, but he's definitely not going to go in depth as to what he likes about schools and what schools right. he's leading to. Like he's he's like sup. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, he doesn't. He's like, who's this? Who's this idiot? Maybe he's waiting on Zach Evans to see uh, where he goes. <laughs> Zach Evans going to Florida, no doubt. Brewster got no, there. No doubt. No, no doubt. doubt. It's, it's over. Brewster got there. Now the kid's visiting March whatever, 20th. He's going to Florida. There's always a doubt. You want to talk. Instead, like I said, I wish we could do this, but we can't because it would piss off way too many people. But instead of undecided, 
Next to Zach Evans, we should just put Portal. <laughs> right? That should Get be the a graphic ch- that, going. Should, that should be a college choice. Portal? Yeah, Portal. Are you excited about <laughs> the combine? We'll stop it. Kamar Wheaton, because Bryce Foster and Tommy Brockermeyer. Brockermeyer is going to go to Texas with his brother. Foster is going to AM. Brockermeyer is going to go to Ohio State. Dude, Egbuka. You think he's going to stay at Washington, right? No, no. I think he's going to go to Ohio State or yep. Clemson. I think he's going to go to Ohio State. He is, he is Garrett Wilson times two. He is very, very good. Very mm. good. And not a kid when you see him is going to blow you away physically. Well, he just gets Garrett open. Wilson. Yeah. Catches everything. Right. Right. All right. Draft. Combine start has started. It you has know? started. I'm well, taping it as we speak. Me too. That's why I have mayonnaise in my hair because anytime <laughs> there's a big event, I put mayonnaise in my hair because I want it to feel slicker. And today is the start of the NFL Combine, which is amazing. I love All right, it. The reason the reason you're saying there's mayonnaise in your hair is because on 90 oh. Day Fiance, a guy puts mayonnaise in his hair to make it slick. Yeah, his name's Ed, okay. but he calls himself Ed. Big Ed, and he's like 4'11", and he puts, yeah, man- and he he has puts no mayonnaise neck. in his hair. He's got no neck, but he used to have a neck. Have you seen old pictures of Big Ed? Yeah, I think it's just because he's a bigger boy now, but well, his he has neck mayonnaise go, in his I hair. think he's got a compression issue. Yeah, There's he's got some sort of something going on. But I'm on every 90 Day Fiance group on Facebook. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's old pictures of Big Ed, and he was, you know, he was thin. He had a neck, um, pre-mayonnaise hair. But, yeah. But he puts mayonnaise in his hair because it makes it slicker. Now, it's got to smell atrocious, right? Like, even I mean, even when you wash it later, out. Yeah. yeah. Even, yeah. Come on. I mean, and he said, I smell like an egg salad sandwich. Like, how's that attractive? <laughs> Maybe that's why he can't get any dates in uh, San Diego. Yeah. Well, he's been single since. And this is why it's a man's world, ladies. And we've got what? How many ladies, Dave Barry? Did you do the demographics? Uh, count, have, countless. I think we have one. Yeah. Yeah. And she knows who she is. I'm, I'm, I kind of make her listen every week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is it your it's, wife? Yeah. It's sad. <laughs> So, so anyways, um, you know, the demographics speak to it. It's a man's world. So this Ed guy is 4'11", a little chunky, puts man in his, in his hair, married, cheated on her. Cheated on her. Yeah. 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 Has a daughter. Yeah. And now he's got this, you know, she's all right looking. She's no, um, who's the girl? 20 year old Filipino. Who's the one with the guy from Connecticut who wears his shirts too tight? Oh, Darcy? No, 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 no. She's from Connecticut. She's a train wreck. The yeah. guy. He wears his shirts too tight and he's oh, married like to... Oh, the wine guy. Yeah. Yeah, and she's um, very nice. I forget what her name is. Yeah, seems... Juliana. Juliana yes. and um, Matt. Is that Matt? Maybe he's from Greenwich, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, Juliana's gorgeous. This one for Ed is not as gorgeous. But no, no. still for Ed, I mean, for a guy with no neck who... Drives around on a motorcycle. No, a scooter. Sorry. Michael. With, Michael. I'm sorry. Yeah. I knew it wasn't that. With a, with a backpack shaped like a guitar where his little dog sits in it. Like this guy. Yes. This guy is like, and he's a, he's a photographer, right? But everybody, he, he's shooting pictures of girls that are just, there's no way on earth they're models. No. Right? And the other problem is, is he sent, he sent like 
what did he say? Forty thousand dollars worth of goods over to her family. Yeah, and he doesn't know inc- she including a including a gas grill, mm-hmm. and she doesn't. She said that none of them came. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. He, he's just he's he's the most interesting. I mean, I really don't even know who's number two. This yeah, it's, year, it's, this season, it's not one A, one B. It's one and a deep two. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the old the older woman with the uh, guy who wants to be, you know, the rapper. Oh, with the love song, yeah, that was good. Yeah, and the and the woman with the guy who says he's from England, but his accent is so Nigerian. Right, that's yeah. funny. And he's built like freaking The Rock in the pictures. Yes, yeah, yes. It's a great show. I mean, I know people it, get tired of us talking about it and they cry too now, but um, it's an amazing show. It's uh, it's well, so we got great. the mayonnaise thing out of the way, so let's segue into the uh, draft. All right, yes, quarterback Joe Burrow has small hands. Do you care? I don't care about his small hands, but in all seriousness, I do care that he had one good college football season. And they were talking about this on the NFL Network, and it really sparked interest in me. He had 11, maybe, NFL players around him on the same team. And when he goes to Cincinnati, he's not going to have that. Can he continue this? Is he? They were asking, is he Andy Dalton? Is he Alex Smith? Is he something that maybe the NFL hasn't seen in a while? Uh, I'm I I don't think that I'm so dead sold on him being the number one overall pick. Yeah, well, who would be? It's not to a don't. Even well, that's say the it. thing. Somebody was talking about, and I forget who it was. Um, Justin Herbert is coming up in a lot of drafts. Yeah, but stuff. the way he interviewed at the combine has already ruined them. Well, well, that's the thing. Is does is, is he just this nerd who He's plays ruined. football? He said, "Oh, it'd be cool yeah. if I sat out a year. I think that'd be great for me." Yeah, and yeah. then he said, "I don't know how I'm going to play in the NFL. I've never played in the NFL. Right? Like the NFL wants alphas. Joe Burrow is an alpha. He's a right. tiny-handed alpha. Yeah. So I think yeah. he'll be successful, and he will have NFL talent around him because he'll be playing on an NFL team, but just not as good. Cincinnati is right. a disaster. So right, you know, good is relative. But I think this, two two is interesting. Two is not interesting. He's going two to be is very a colossal bust." Okay. Not Mark. just because he's a left-handed. And again, this is the guy who said Mahomes was a big mistake in the draft. Did I did I say explain why? Uh, no, I don't think he did. All right. So I was a little. I was watching the draft, right? And I thought Deshaun Watson was the best quarterback by far in that draft. And then I see Trubisky go number two, and they trade away their entire future for him. And I'm like, what? The, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So stupid. So then you know, a couple teams that. Could have taken quarterbacks, pass on quarterbacks. And then the Chiefs trade up to number 10. And I'm like, this is it. Deshaun Watson's going to lead the Chiefs to the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. Patrick Mahomes. And I just tweeted without thinking, this is the dumbest move in the draft. (laughs) He freelances too much. And it's the most historically stupid tweet that's ever been on Twitter. And, and, you know, like a coward, I deleted it because I just – it was – Retweeted so often that I just I couldn't take it anymore. It was taking over my days. But screen grabs, you know. So every once in a while, it, it yeah, surfaces. it lives. And then the Texans, I believe, took Deshaun Watson at eleven, right after. Him. Yeah. And Deshaun yeah. Watson's been good, not as good as Patrick Mahomes, of course. And Mahomes has now won an MVP and a Super Bowl, and I look stupid. So take it from the guy who said Mahomes was not good. 
Um, I'm not. I'm not worried about Tua's left-handedness. I, either am I. I either am I. I'm worried that he's had two like, ankle injury, two ankle surgeries, yeah, a hip injury, yeah, and I think of and I think a broken wrist too. So I think he's made of glass. There is definitely, you know, one of the sayings in football is the guys who are always who are injured are always injured. Like the right. guys who are who get hurt just seem to be always be hurt. And I don't know if I'm going to, you know, move up or trade up or if I'm the Redskins going to interview at number two for this guy and he takes one shot on that hip or he gets rolled up on his ankle and he's out for seven, eight weeks. Who knows? There's just a lot of risk there. Well, and I don't understand why he's projected to go third to the Lions or fifth to the Dolphins and why anybody would risk their job on taking him. Because if you're a general manager... And that's, or you're a head coach and you stand on the table and say, we got to take this guy. And he does get hurt, you're done. It's yeah, right. but Matt Patricia's done anyway. I mean, yeah, uh, if, well, if, he's a defensive if they coach. suck. I'm sure he's not standing on the table for Tua. Right. But, you know, I'm, I'm sh- you know I, I just, at that time you have to shoot for the moon. Nah, well, Tua's not the moon. Nah. I just don't get it. And listen, I, Herbert is way erratic and I didn't like his answers and I just don't think he's an overly confident guy. But I, I didn't think Josh Allen would be as good as he is. Not that he's world-changing, sure. but he's, he's good. And he sure. reminds me a lot of Josh, Josh Allen. He's, he's probably, well, he's definitely not as athletic. Um, but, you know, big kid, strong arm. Yeah, but Josh Allen was the alpha. He's the alpha in the Bills locker room. Yeah, he didn't give a crap about anything. And Herbert is definitely... You know, I don't know. It's tough, you know. And then, then, then you get, you know, Jordan Love and Fromm and Eason. Eason. All these guys just, you know, Jordan Love threw 17 interceptions last year. Yeah, Um, yeah. Eason was just not good last year. Fromm regressed. I mean, it's a bet. And you could see five quarterbacks take it in the first round because you know someone might trade up at the end of the round one. So here are the questions, flyer. though. Yeah. Did, did did Love throw 17 interceptions last year because he lost all of his receivers? His offensive line was worse. He had a new coach, and he was just better than everybody, and they couldn't catch up to the balls. Was was Eason worse last year? Eason had a fine season, but the questions about him, a little bit of a party boy. We'll see how much how serious he takes football over the long term. From, I mean, what receivers did he have to throw to? George Pickens, and that was it. And... From over his career and Burrow over his career, same amount of touchdown passes. Yeah, well, one played one year and the other played three years. Well, two years. I know. So Burrow played two years, so I get it. I, listen, I don't know the answers to any of these questions. If I'm in need of a quarterback, this is just a nightmare for me. Um, you know, I, I, if I'm Cincinnati, I'm taking Burrow. Anybody else? Oh, of course. I, I don't after, know. But I don't know that, what to do. I really don't know right. what to do. And I think that's why I'm not a uh, general manager or head football coach. You know, I, running back, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to say that at every position. I don't know what to do. I mean, I know what to do at wide receiver. Take either C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy. That's what I do. What about Henry Ruggs? No. I mean, yeah, if, uh, if I'm if – I'm, in the mid to late first round, and I need a wide receiver, and he runs a four two eight or something. Yeah, I'll take him, but he could be John Ross. He's he, he he's got be. bigger he's got bigger hands than John Ross, and he's never had injury issues. But John Ross didn't really have injury issues either, so I yeah. don't know. But I know Judy will be great because he's a route runner and he sets people up. He's he's a Stephon Diggs type. 
you know? Yeah. And Diggs yeah. should have never slid to the fifth round. And the only reason he did was because of injuries and he played at Maryland and he had horrible quarterbacks and all this other stuff. But that's right. a no brainer. And CD lamb will be a star too. There's no doubt about it. T Higgins. I don't know. Right. You know, it's so it's, there's a lot of, I know Cole Komet's going to be great, but I don't know if someone's going to take him in the first round, but I'm telling you, that's the Gronk hype right there. Um, so I think he's going to be great. Offensive line is loaded. Love it. See, I, I don't know why you love Cole Komet so much. Oh my and God. I, I get the so, size. He's so good. So good. Yeah. But the what stats. Do you see? What do you see? Stats. Stats mean nothing. And you know that from our rankings. Stats mean nothing. I guess. Mm, come on. You know. What, what, Thomas Tyner had some pretty nice stats. <laughs> also a track superstar. He, he scored 10 touchdowns in a game. Does that make him like a no miss? We thought he was. And we yeah. him incorrectly. I don't. I don't believe in stats because they're all system. You know, the 17 interceptions bothers me. And no, he's not too good for his receivers. And no, he's not throwing them too open. That's just the stupidest thing ever. It's like Eric Armstead being too tall. But yeah. I don't believe in you know Cole Komet. Like he's going to be awesome. He's just going to be no. Great. N- no touchdowns in his first two years. I don't care. You watch. Okay. That dude's a no, dude. I, and the I'm not saying he's not. Jedrick Wills, Wirfs. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. That group is interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a lot of really can't-miss guys in the offensive line as well. Um, yeah. I like the offensive line draft. Defensive end after Chase Young is a, a drop-off, but I do like you know guys like Marlon Davidson. As a mm-hmm. a high second rounder, you know who's going to yeah. have a really good career to play, you know different techniques for you. Um, or, you know, obviously Derek Brown's going to be great. I think Kinlaw at South Carolina is going to be great. So I yeah. feel like those two at defensive tackle. It's linebackers where we look stupid, and I knew we would because of 2016. This this is the year that you know that the Juarez's of the world should have all been coming out. Should should have been on the come up, yeah. I named Juarez, of course, because that's your guy. But you know <laughs> the other guys like like Ben Davis. You know he should be in the yeah. in Baron Browning. I mean these guys should be first rounders this year, and none of them, not a one, panned out to be first rounders. So when you look at our top five linebackers, it's three star, four star, two star, three star. And that's on us. That's on us. Yeah. That was bad. So, but it's not a great linebacker group. I mean, Isaiah Simmons is special, but beyond that, I think it's a little bit up and down. It would have been better if Dylan Moses didn't get hurt and was in this group. But, um, and then DBs, you know, I just think there's some good ones there as well. But I, I, I'm not sold on Grandel, but I don't know how much effort he's going to put in. He's not Jamal Adams. He's not a dog like that. Right. You know, there's questions about whether he took some games off and whether he's protecting himself from injury and all this other stuff, um, whereas Jamal Adams never took a playoff. So, you know, it's an interesting draft. The Combine is where we geek out. Um, who's my guy? What's his name? Prince? Tega Wanogbo? Yeah. Wanogo? I think he's going to put on the show at the Combine. That'd be interesting. Do you remember him? I did you for ever, some reason I don't think you I don't I think don't. you ever laid eyes on him because he was he was a sort of one of those uh, you know Nigerian transplants. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know why. He's like a Congo at Tennessee, you know, like yeah, 
freaking yeah. played who knew nothing about football. And yeah. he was a defensive end. He was at Under Armour, though, if I remember correctly, but you weren't there that year. Um, I think I might have been. I, I kind of remember writing about him or something. I have to look back. But, you know, the, the way this works is there's so many kids the next year. I'm just so bad at remembering, like, five years ago where kids were and what they were and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, I, I just did audio on Chase Thomas. You know who Chase, Chase Thomas. Thomas is? Yeah. Chase yeah. Thomas. No, yeah. don't know him. That freaking three-star kid who went to Stanford from 2007. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so they said we need a minute on Chase Young. I'm like, okay, I got this. Chase yeah. Young, no problem. Seen him plenty of times. Rated him as a five star. Chase Thomas is an elite defensive end, and, and I said Thomas through the whole thing, and I was corrected. <laughs> and I said, who's Chase Thomas? And I looked him up. 2007, three star, Stanford. Chase Young, generational talent, Mike. And I'm not saying not great, not I think a, Chase not the best Thomas player in the is, and if he makes a comeback. <laughs> no, Chase Young is not a generational talent because. To be a generational talent, first of all, how long is a generation? 30 years. So you're telling me. I mean, Nick Boza was last year. Right. I think Nick Boza is better than Chase Young. Right. And so generationally, if you're talking, what, 30 years, how can he be a generational talent when... Well, are both generational talents? Well, then you're going to say, is Joey Boza a generational talent? And I would say no. Yeah, and I would say no too because he's been banged up, but he's equally as talented as, as Chase and, and his brother. I think so, Nick is better, right? Well, he's better because he's had one good year healthy. I mean, if he gets hurt next yeah. year, then everybody's going to be saying, oh, Joey's better. They're free. Is, Clown, is Clowney a generational talent? Clowney was, yes. Clowney was a generational talent, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. And Miles Garrett has a chance if he stops hitting people over the head with helmets. Because is he lying go, about it? Yeah. They go number one <laughs> overall. You know, right. as a defensive lineman, that's just, just unheard of these days. Everybody wants a quarterback. And, and Clowney could play the linebacker. Yeah. Play strong side, weak side. He could play D tackle. Clowney, if he stays healthy, which, you know, injuries have been a little bit of an issue for him. But that guy, when he's healthy, cannot be stopped. And, right. you know, we've seen a little bit of that. We've seen that in Houston and we saw it in Seattle. And whoever ends up signing him as a free agent is going to, you know, reap the benefits of that. So, yeah, I think he's more of a generational talent. Now, Nick Boza will probably have a better career than Clowney if he stays healthy. But sure. I also think Nick Boza could be a generational talent. But I can't say Chase Young is because Nick Boza was just last year. And, well, that's the thing, too. And, and, Chase Young is, the, I think, the best player in this draft. But that doesn't make him a generational talent. He's just a very, very talented defensive end. A generational talent is someone like when you see Clowney on the high school field and you go, that kid is unstoppable. No one can yeah. stop this kid. Right. And, and at times, Chase Young was like that at Ohio State, especially was, this year. But, but, you know, well, I think, didn't Lewis Riddick throw around the generational talent? Is he the one who started it? I don't know. I, I, I'm just saying it because Daniel Jeremiah was asked about it on a conference yeah. call, and he said he was a generational talent. Well, Lewis Riddick's been a little bit critical of Chase Young because he's not working out at the combine, and mm -hmm. he didn't have any sacks in his last three games. And I think that's a little bit short-sighted. You know, first of all, he's going to go number two. He doesn't need to work yes. out. He's not going number one, and he's not going number three. He's going number two. It's already done. 
the Redskins are interviewing quarterbacks, and that's going to drive Dwayne Haskins nuts, and it's going to make yeah. Dwayne Haskins an even worse prospect because he's just, I don't think he's mentally there, <clears throat> you know, right. to be a great alpha quarterback. You know, but they're playing the game. They have to do this because you, you never know who's going to offer you the world for that number two pick. But mm-hmm. they're going to take Chase Young unless they get a crazy offer. So why should he work out? And the sacks, he disrupts a game no matter what, whether he shows up in the stat sheet or not, because you have to game plan entirely around him. So mm-hmm. all these Twitter coach experts that say, Chase Young stinks and no. he had no sacks <laughs> against, you know, Clemson or whatever. <sighs> Shut up. The guy's awesome. He can play linebacker, just like Clowney. He can play tackle. He can play defensive end. Uh, if he stays healthy, he's going to be really, really good, uh, but not a generational talent. I don't think there's a generational talent in this draft because, you know what, technically there should only be one generational talent every few years at a position in every draft. Right. So what's the closest to a generational talent? I'll tell you who it is. I think it's... You can't, you can't, you can't ask a question and well, then tell yours? me. Well, who's yours? Yeah, I can. I don't have I, one. I don't even need you on this podcast. It's just me. <laughs> That's fine with me. <laughs> I know. Imagine not having to do this. Great. I mean, it's almost five o'clock here. It's like bedtime for me. Yeah. So this is late. Um, I'll give you two that I have, but give me yours first. Generational talent. Hold on. Up, I'm breaking news here. Pull up a mock here. draft or something. Pull up something so you don't. All right. Hold on. Me. Hold on. Mock draft. Hold yeah. on. Let me pull up a mock draft. Yeah. The answer's pretty easy. Now, if we match, it's going to be pretty impressive. All right, so generational talent. Generational talent, like the best at this position. And I'm not going to say 30 years because that's ridiculous. Generational right. talent in football means like 10 years. Let's see. Okay, hold on. Yeah. Let me get the mock draft. Let me stop the video from playing. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. going scrolling through the mock draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The generational talents All right. in this draft. Yeah. As I go through. Oh, uh, you're scrolling too far. I'm just making sure I have my names oh, right here. I gotcha. It's pretty easy, and I think we're going to match. Our Jeff Okuda. There's one. Ding, ding, ding. We matched. And and the are other. we not saying Chase Young? Are we no, saying no, no. Chase, Chase Young? Because, again, Nick Bosa was last year. Isaiah Simmons. No. Good one, though. Good one. Definitely so versatile. Perfect yeah, but for what the NFL wants. Khalil Mack. Yeah, you know, Keekly, these guys. This have, is what I've learned with linebackers over the years of doing this. It doesn't matter how hard they hit, it doesn't matter how mean they are anymore. It's just covering space and instincts, putting people on the ground. Yep. Too. I mean, Keekly yep. is the most instinctual yeah. linebacker I've ever seen play. Right. Um, he always knew the right angle to take. He always knew which gap to shoot. He always knew everything. Like just the most instinctual tackler I've ever seen. And, you know, sometimes they're great athletes to do this. You know, sometimes they're not. I mean, Ray Lewis, to be honest, isn't a great athlete. Yeah. He was just a great linebacker and a tremendous diagnoser of, uh, of plays. No, not Isaiah Simmons. No, no. It's Derek Brown. That's an interesting one. Yeah. So name the best defensive tackle in the draft the last few years. You know, the last 10 years. He's going to be better than whoever it is. Yeah, you heard it. Better than Indomitian Sue? Well, how many years was we go with that? That was a long time ago. I don't know. I'd have to go through and look at all the defensive ends. <laughs> yeah, 
Well, defensive tackles don't get a lot of attention, so it's not like you can, you know, bring them to your head and say, of course, we're the idiots who forgot Johnny Manziel played at Texas A&M. So there's probably... We? We? No, you didn't name him either. We were going through Oh, yeah, I didn't. That's right. Definitely we. (laughs) What, do you got a mouse in your pocket? Isn't that the expression? (laughs) Say we. So, Derek Brown, there's my generational talent. So, Auburn fans, I love you. Ohio State fans, I love you. Okuda, you know, I was talking to a Giants fan, and this, you know, the one I'm looking at has him sliding to nine. It's a stupidest mock draft. No, I'm not going to get past five. The name of the person, but you and I have laughed at this person many, many, many times in our lives. Uh, Of course, I'm the person laughing at people who say Patrick Mahomes would suck. So, again, I'm going to preface everything I say with Mahomes. But (laughs) four New York Giants. Now, I think they're going to trade back, but I was talking to a Mm -hmm. Giants fan the other day, and he's like, I don't want a Cuda. Uh, you know, Eli Apple sucked. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, this is how football fans think. They're not yeah. smart. You know, well, he's from Ohio State, right? They took him, I think, 10th, and he didn't pan out. I said, Jeffrey yeah. Okuda is a little bit different than Eli Apple. Eli Apple, remember, he couldn't make his own meals, couldn't do his own laundry. His mom. Yes. And, and again, I like him. Nice kid. Eli, what? Here's a trivia question for you. What was his name in high school? Yeah, hold on. I, I do know this. Hold on. It was... Um, and I liked his, his, oh, his stepdad man. and his mom very much, and they were very great people, and he was a very super nice kid, and I like him, and I wish him the best in New Orleans. It was it was Eli Woodard. Oh, I was not going there, yeah. Yeah, just like Patrick Peterson was... Patrick Johnson, Good yeah. Good job. Everybody yeah. says, who's the best cornerback that you've seen, you know, and it's Derek Stingley, but before Derek Stingley... And I say Patrick Johnson. They're like, who? Because yeah, <laughs> I'm old. Uh, hello, Patrick Johnson. Yeah, hello from uh, Florida. <laughs> went to LSU. Uh, superstar, NFL All-Pro. But it's Patrick Peterson now. So, yeah, those yeah. are my two generational talents. But I can't wait to see the big guys out there. I love that. You know, I don't, yeah. think, you'll, I don't think you'll learn a ton from the wide receivers. The gauntlet's nice. But you don't learn a ton from the quarterbacks either. Testing doesn't mean much for the quarterbacks. Testing means a lot for the wide receivers and the D-backs. Um, you know, linebackers as well. Running backs, you don't see. It's the big guys that I like to see move around because that yeah. is where you see some freak. What do you see Jedrick Wills move? I mean, yep. he is just got the lightest feet on a 320-pound kid that you're ever going to see. And remember when we saw him at first, we're like, guard. Guard. Yeah, guard. immediately you thought guard, yeah. Because he looks like that. He's a little chubby, a little thick. Guard, yep. guard. Nope. Let, let's this see what he measured at the, uh, the old combine. Six, I bet you six, six, three and three quarters. You think he's that short, huh? Yeah. There, let me look. I'm looking right now. I'm looking right fill, now. Fill, fill the uh, fill his void here. Oh, no, I clicked on the Giants instead of Jerry. Here, hold on. I got it right here. He right. measured... Let me tell you. I like to tell you. All right, go ahead. He is yeah. six, six, four, six, four, three, 12. Oh, so six, four, even. Yeah, six, four, okay. even, three, 12. So when you look at Jedrick Wills, you're going to see six, four, three, 12. You're going to say guard. But when you watch yeah. him, we'll watch him play, first of all, and then you watch him in camp settings with his feet, and he was at the five-star challenge two years in a row, and his reset is amazing. Amazing. And, and you then, want to talk about Alpha. Yeah, he's a guy that wants to put people yeah, on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Tristan Wirfs is good. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Thomas, 
insane. Mackie Beckton His is numbers, a freak yeah. athlete. Freak athlete. Yeah. Um, so you look at the dr- top of this draft, you know, four elite, potential elite offensive tackles. Um, you know, and, and then, you know, the edge guys, not so great. That's why I think you're going to see like a Marlon Davidson go late because Epines is good. Very good. He's living up to his five-star talent for sure. I think yep, he's going to be a very yep. solid NFL player. Jason, I don't know. He's here or there for me. He, sometimes yeah. he, he shows up big. Sometimes he disappears. Yeah. I mean, I, it's just not a guy that I would go top 20 pick on. And, you know, Yeter Gross Matos, great motor. Not a not a huge, physical, imposing, strong kid. Yeah, I think uh, NFL guys are going to push him around a little bit yeah, at the beginning. He's got the length, he's got the athleticism and all that, but he doesn't have the strength, I think, to hold up. Um, How about this? Mecky Becton, 6'7, 364. Four star out of Virginia. <laughs> I mean, definitely. That's was tough, a though. Four star talent. That's tough, though, because those, and we've talked about this a lot when we do rankings and this stuff, too, is. The guys who are completely filled out in high school are not the guys that project to first-round draft picks, except Beckton is one of those guys. Right. He was 6'7", 300 in high school. We had a 195 in the country. This was, you know, 2017, I had given up the Mid-Atlantic for a couple of years. The guy who just tried I mean, to interrupt our, you know, our podcast with a phone call sort of took over. Yeah. And you look at last year's NFL draft, the first-round guys – Two, one was a tight end. One played. Uh, one was playing at two hundred and thirty-five pounds. You know that that was a very very tough thing. So the guys who are generally filled out, super already done physically in high school, don't tend to be the guys taken in the first round. But this year seems to be a little different because Werfs, I remember, was huge, and Wills was definitely was at least yeah. two eighty, two eighty-five. The funny thing about Mackie Becton that I remember was his hand placement was so bad. Uh, you know, he's six, seven, 300 pounds, long kid, big kid, definitely room to have weight. You know, his hand placement every time was right around your throat, which, you know, you like the aggression, but every time he was choking kids out and it's just like, yeah. dude, you got to get those hands lower or else you're going to be a, a walking penalty. So if you want to yeah. go back and look at some Mackie Becton film on rivals, you'll see him choke some kids out. Um, but yeah, he's he's definitely a kid that we, you know, underranked, but not so bad. I mean, one ninety five. No, nah, not bad. terrible. It's not like he was a two star. We got a right. few of those, don't we? I'm looking real quick. So like Burrow three, Let me look down the mark. Young five, yeah. Simmons three, Wills four, two a four. Herbert was a what two? Herbert was a three, a three but. Three. Yeah. But that, that was, uh, you know, my my fault. I didn't really see him at all in high school. Kid who just was from Eugene, never went to anything, and went yeah. to Oregon, you know? Hard what evaluation. was I supposed to do? Uh, Derek Brown was a five. Werfs was a four. Okuda was a five. Thomas was a four. Beckton was a four. Love was a three. Judy was a five. Kinlaw was a three. Henderson, C.J. Henderson was a four. Jason was a four. C.D. Lamb was a four. Trevor Diggs was a four. Kenneth Murray was a four. Patrick Queen was a four. Henry Ruggs was a four. Epinesa was a five. McKinney was a four. Christian Fulton was a four. Grant Delpit a five. DeAndre Swift was a four. Gross Matos a four. Vaughn, I think. Zach Vaughn, I think, was a three. Three, yeah. Uh, the, other, the, the other thing that's weird about the first round, and of course this will change, and these are just mock drafts, 
not a ton of non-Power 5 guys this year. Sometimes, Yeah, you, which is good for us. Yeah, so, sure. So we don't have to listen to the Twitter experts saying, oh, you suck. <laughs> How'd you not see this kid from, you know, Southern Louisiana Technical Institute for <laughs> right. the blind? How is he not a five-star? You guys suck, you know? I think there's going to be a lot of fours and fives as usual, and then there'll be a couple threes. I don't see a two, but we know at the end of the first round there's going to be a two. We know. Yeah, somebody's going to slip in there. Well, especially you tomorrow. Know. I mean, when the, when the when the when the speed guys run over the next couple of days, yeah, some of these guys projected to run crazy times are like twos. Right, Raymond you know. Calais from Louisiana. Yeah. yeah, who was all of 150 pounds. Right. Out of high school, you know, but I, I'm just I'm loaded with excuses. Are you surprised that more NFL personnel is not in Indianapolis and they're home watching tape? The Rams, McVay's only going to be there for one day, no assistant coaches. Do you think it's still valuable or do you think it's kind of overrated and a waste no, of time? No, it's super valuable. It's it's absolutely super valuable. It's it's sometimes they put too much emphasis on it. I think the interviews are even more valuable. Just yeah, getting there I mean, and you talking get to, to know people. these kids and talk to them and, and, and stuff like that. And, you know, you'll see if someone's an idiot, right? You know, or, or just you know, it's just super valuable. I, I can't believe that the guy who said Mahomes was going to be a bust hasn't been credentialed yet for the combine. That's <laughs> hard to believe that the NFL has slighted me and overlooked me that way. That's another well, topic completely yeah, do I that to? I don't want to get into. Who do I talk to about that? I don't know. Didn't you get your credentials yanked at the Senior Bowl one year? Aren't you doing something inappropriate? <laughs> no. I just love, I love making stuff up and just waiting for your reaction. And I can tell Dave Barry's on mute, but he's laughing. There's no doubt. I, I want to go back to the Senior Bowl. I want to go to the Combine. You know how many cool stories and oh, the social stuff love. we can you do? You know me. I don't like leaving the house. But if I could be in Indianapolis, home of Andrew Luck's porta potty. Yeah. That's an inside joke, people. Um, yeah. I would be there. I would love it. That's like geek out city for me, man. I mean, yeah. you know, and not one of these kids would remember any of us, you know? Like, who are you? Oh, they'll remember it. Oh, come on. That's the weird thing. They do remember. That's the thing. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Although, Chase Young did, uh, we've got a new uh, NFL draft Rivals NFL Draft Twitter. Uh, Rivals Draft. And Chase Young uh, retweeted a video we have of him going against Andrew Thomas and Tristan Wirfs at the oh, nice. Army Bowl practices. It was pretty cool. I, I think even he enjoyed looking at that. Because yeah. you're talking about three guys who could go in the top ten of the draft, you know, going against each other in high school in one-on-ones. And then we have that yeah. video of Akuda versus C.D. Lamb from our uh, – Houston camp. Have you yeah, seen that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. That's awesome too. I mean, that, here's, you know, here's a, people don't care, but I do. I geek out here's a good stuff. question for you. Uh, that rivals draft just asked if Oregon tackle Panay soul were in this year's draft, would he be the first offensive yes. lineman taken? Yes. 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 And, and who was it on this call that said Panay soul should be higher. He's met, He's the biggest person in the history of the world. Well, and, and who was it on this call that saw him at the five-star challenge and said, that's a guard? Exactly. Yes. That's... <laughs> <laughs> well, me and everybody else, okay? You were yeah. the only one. 
And I mean, everybody else saw him and said, ah, I don't know if he's a good tackle. Love and I'll tell you soul. why. Because when he, when he was at the five-star challenge at tackle, he got owned. And yeah, then when he, he did. Speed when he to moved the edge inside, killed him. Yeah. 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 When he moved inside, he killed everybody. Yeah. And I don't know what they've done to him at Oregon yeah. to make his feet faster or kind of kind of figure that out. But he is Mario he is Cristobal, dominant, man. man. Mario Cristobal. Yeah. He's old line whisperer. <laughs> he, he laughs at me all the time because he's, you know, he had Penae Sewell as a four star. You guys are idiots. Well, he was a 6 0 four star, so he was essentially no, he was like. High, he was a, in the 40 range, right? Yeah, he was a high, Yeah, he was very much up there. Yeah. Because um, I still have some muscle at this company to move people around. Oh, you, got, you got muscle. Yeah, I got muscle around. All right. We're going to wrap this up. But did you like it the other day when I said that there's a guy on 90 Day Fiance that looks just like you? <laughs> you know, so finished 60. That's ridiculous. Oh, that's horrible. Yes. Gordon, yeah, how did I you didn't... let that happen? <laughs> I no muscle. And, it, you know, he slimmed down, too. He was a little... Yeah, he was a little heavy in high school. Chunky. But, yes, I did not like when I called you for work-related purposes on Friday night at 8 o'clock. Or, no, Sunday night at 8 o'clock or something. Yeah, you called you me in the middle me. of uh, 90 Day Fiance, by the way, at 8.20. I know. You just pause. You go work no, through the commercials. Come on. I was way into it. <laughs> you need to, next year, you need to get back into The Bachelor. Because nope. this can't. has been the best year of The Bachelor. One of the best. Those guys are in, such. I mean, is this the guys? He might a tool, be dating the producer. The guy's a tool, and the women are just the most annoying people on earth. Yeah, that's true. And then too. one of them shows up in a peanut outfit or a shark outfit, or yeah, that first you know, night is no good oh, anymore. I can't even get past the first night because I watched the first night of this season, and I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna barf. This is awful. Yeah, it's contrived. Yeah. It's crap. Uh, maybe it I'll has be gotten back. much better. It's gotten much I better. I prefer have... the the Bachelorette, which sounds completely wrong. What do you, yeah? What are you talking? Because about? Why would I like thirty hunky guys <laughs> instead of thirty pretty girls? But where are you going to get the Chads of the world if you don't have like the Bachelorette? Right. You know yeah. No. Meat eating yeah. Chad. Yes. I like those those I... those idiots. You know, I like that, but but when the girls get down to like five, it gets super competitive. Oh, and I like when they cry. I do. I get it. I don't like that. I don't no, like I, that. I do. I love crying women. It's a whole childhood thing. <laughs> you, you see them so often. <laughs> it's a childhood thing. Let's not get into it. I'm gonna start crying myself if I think about it anymore. So I think we should wrap it up with that. Go. All right. Dave, you drop our great, handles. That's a great place to end. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What is it? You're at Rivals Mike. Gorney is at Adam Gorney, and I'm at Real Dave Barry. We will and, see and everybody. Real again. quick, real quick. Wait, wait, wait. Rivals Portal is a new one oh, for yeah, the transfer right. portal, and Rivals Draft is a new one for the draft. So, so we are we are growing, baby. We are humming, humming along. Mm-hmm.